Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This week's Spurs show is brought to you by Silver Blaze, the family-run construction experts specializing in skilled and non-skilled labor supply, site logistics, property maintenance, and commercial and residential building contracts. For more details, go to silverblazeconstruction.com and mention the Spurs show. Welcome to a very special edition of the Spurs Show, live from the Albany, Great Portland Streets. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here at the venue. You too can be here, all our monthly events. Just go to season.spurshow.net, get yourself a Spurs Show season ticket, and come to these wonderful, intimate affairs every month. Right, very special show for you this evening. Firstly, please welcome my co-host, Theo Delaney. Good evening. And now a very special guest. I normally get this wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, please. 415 appearances for Spurs. That was league games. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. So I've got it wrong already. 49 goals for Tottenham Hotspur. 49 goals is right, yeah. 1965 to 1980. Yeah, in actual <laughs> fact, that was when I was a professional. I was there for a year before I was a pro. So I was there wrong. Was, no, you're right. You're no. okay. Everyone goes when you're a professional. Yeah. Okay. UEFA Cup and League Cup winner. Yep. 14th most appearances for Spurs player in our history. One game, only one game less than Danny Blanchflower and one game more than Jimmy Greaves. Wow. There we are. Well, I can't see too much difference between <laughs> me and them. <laughs> Not at all. And I also think you're, you're, this is a, the only Spurs player to wear every outfield number for Spurs. Exactly, yes, I was, yeah. There we are. Come Mr. Right. John Pratt. Thank you very much. Hey. That's already some fine accolades there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just 508 altogether. That's 508, there we are. 508. <laughs> well, let's start um, at the beginning of your football career. Um, and when you were a junior, you were playing, fun off centre-half for Brentford Juniors. And, but it was uh, your early Tottenham link. It was the ex-Tottenham player, Terry Medwin, that saw you, coached you, and I believe was the person who recommended you to, to, the, to, to Tottenham. Well, yeah, I was... Uh, well, to be fair, funny enough, I used to play with Cranham and a boys' club in Oxton. And um, one Easter, Portsmouth used to invite people, young boys down there, probably because they were paedophiles, but they didn't really <laughs> do it. Um... To um, to see if they could be, I apprentice professional footballers, and I was invited down there. And actually, I was only thirteen. Um, and a fellow just down the road here, Kenny Upwood, used to play for Samuel Lifkoe, who I used to play for on a Sunday when we used to play Sunday football as well. Um, we were both invited down to Portsmouth, and I actually made my first South Eastern Counties uh, league game against Portsmouth. Uh, when I was 13, and we played Chelsea, and someone called Ron Harris and Johnny Ollins and a couple of other nobodies mm-hmm. uh, were playing, and we got done 8-1. But fortunately for me, I scored the goal. <laughs> and then after that, uh, when, I, when I was sort of 15, I played for Brentford, purely because how your luck goes is that uh, a friend of my mum's son was one of the coaches on the Tuesday and Thursday night, which was when you know the amateur boys used to play. So I had a season in um, their youth team. And Terry Medwin, who was my school uh, coach, oh, okay. uh, he said, Tottenham want you to go and have a trial. And, uh, you know, the situation was... He must was, have put a word in. That this well, he said they'd been watching me oh, all, okay. all the time since I was about sort of 10, 10 or 11. Right. And um, it was, uh, I remember it was a, a day in the summer and uh, they were having trials. And on that particular day, um, John was being buried. So one John came and one John went. But unfortunately, the one that came wasn't quite as good as the one that went. But um, that was a sort of just an anecdote that I, I remember someone saying to me. But... Uh, yeah, and I stayed at... Bill Nick was big on education, and uh, I fucked that up. Uh, <laughs> and he he wanted me to stay at school, uh, as did my headmaster, and that only because I was present, pretty decent cricketer at the time as well. And um, when I was uh, 16, 17, we played West Ham in the FA Youth Cup uh, fifth round, and we had about four or five games against them. And I was playing centre half in them for that, in that particular time, and uh, the funny thing about that was we had a boy who's unfortunately not with us anymore, Stuart Skeets, six foot four goalkeeper, and Bill Nick never used to come in for the youth team games, but on this particular cup game at Upton Park, he's come in, and he said, Stuart, he said, anything outside the six yard box, let John Pratt, because Yorkshiremen always use their full your full name. Right, and he yeah. said, "Let let John Pratt head it away." He said, "If it's in the six yard box, I think you're quite capable of coming and catching it." And I thought, "Well, ain't too good. I'm five foot nothing. I've done it." Um, and after the game, um, Ron Greenwood approached me and he said, "I understand you're an amateur." And I said, "Yes, I was." He said, "Oh, Tottenham, I'm going to sign you." 
I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, if they don't want to sign you, we'd like to sign wow, you. Amazing. So um, a lot of my mates, they they pat me on the back and say, thank Christ for that pray. Mm. Tottenham had to put up with you rather than us having to put up with you. But, uh, <laughs> um, and then Bill Nick uh, went and saw Bill and he said, yeah, we will sign you professional. And November, you never forget them sort of days in your life. November the 19th, 1965. You're 17. I was 17, yeah. yeah. Uh, I turned pro. And the only time in my life when I was good enough to play for England uh, was then, and it was in the amateur. I got picked to play for England amateurs. And if I'd known now, well, I didn't know then, was that uh, you know, I was working. I actually worked for a couple of months in the import and export business in the city. And uh, it was after half past five, so I wouldn't have been mm. registered anyway. But I arrived Saturday morning at uh, Heathrow to go to Ireland and play in Ireland, and... Uh, they went, no, you can't play. So I had to sort of calm my dad down because he wanted to rip a few heads off. Um, but that's the only time in my life. And uh, with Steve Perriman, uh, Don Revy, what a good judge of a player he was. We got in the 40 twice. So, um, and that was for someone to say that at that moment in time, he thought that I was one of the 40 best players in the country. was a fantastic accolade for me mm. and... Yeah, yeah, and he was—he wasn't a bad manager, was so he? So when you joined, uh, became pro seventeen. Um, which other players in the kind of youth setup also went on to to, to make a career in the game? Um, well, this is my—you well, kindly, you gave kindly you that, you that kindly was your gave, debut. A couple yeah, of years later, yeah, you kindly gave me this, and uh, Jimmy Pierce—he made it. Uh, we had one boy called Steve Pitt, Stevie Pitt. Uh, left winger or could play both sides. Unfortunately for him, he was 16. He made his debut and um, Jimmy Armfield was marking him. And, you know, Jimmy didn't, obviously he was the England captain at the time. He didn't give him a kick. And uh, But Stevie was a really good player. Um, Tony Want, left back. But obviously Nolsey never got injured. Mm. Yeah, and to be fair to Tony, he was my best man at my wedding. Um, and we're still best of mates now. Uh, he went to Birmingham mm. because... He wasn't going to get a game, and Bill loved Tony. Mm. In 1967, Tony went to every FA Cup game. Mm. You know, I think, you know, they think Bill wasn't so superstitious, but I think he was, because Wanty was always on the firm when it went mm. to that. And um, there was him, Ray Evans. Well, Ray made his debut that game with you. He did, yeah. We um, both, you're not down there. We're not down there, no. Because this, I think, looking back, this happened you were brought in again for those of you that saw last week the greasy documentary this uh, it was in that documentary the the we just lost the crystal palace in the cup who are a third division team and he got rid of a lot of senior players were pushed out because it was such an awful result for tottenham I'm sure some of you might have been at that game um and then some of the younger players were, were drafted in because of it yeah i mean i, I got drafted in because mike england uh, slipped in the shower at home, and damaged himself. And I was training in the gymnasium at Tottenham, and Cecil Poynton came up and said, like John Prack, another Yorkshireman, um, <laughs> you know, you're with the first team tonight. So I phoned my dad up, and uh, I mean, I only live about, used to live about two miles from Arsenal down in Oxton. Mm. Um, and I said to me, Dad, I've I got a couple of tickets, Dad, but I ain't going to be playing, but I'm in the squad. Mm. You know, happy days. 
Uh, so we're all sitting there. I think there was Dennis Bond. Uh, there, there was about five of us all sitting along on the bench because Johnny Wallace used to put all the boots out. So if you knew the gaps, you know, you used to think, am I in or am I out? And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm, it was five to seven, seven thirty, sort of kick off. And uh, Muller said to Bill Nick, he said, Bill, he said, who's playing instead of Mike? And Bill, half, half kickoff. and Bill casually looked around and he went, John Pratt. <laughs> so when people say, did you, you know, was you sort yeah. of wow. nervous, etc., I didn't have time. You know, I was trying to get my gear on and get, get ready to go out there. So, yeah, I mean, and being an, an Oxton boy, Amazing. playing against the Arsenal was a yeah. massive, incredible, massive thing. What did, could you remember the feeling going out the tunnel? Well, yeah, because like, all my mates, for once, for once in my life, they wanted me to get hurt, you know, or get, yeah, not have a good gooners. game. They were all gooners, yeah. But also, you, the, the day you played, did you, what were you there? You just said you, you played, played centre half. No, I didn't. No, I oh, played okay. midfield. Oh, okay. So they, what, but Mike England. Peter Collins. Uh, Collins went, went back. back into, went to, went, oh, okay, Peter okay. Collins played centre half. Okay. Um, it just coincidentally that I wore, and as I was saying to a couple of people earlier, you know, people have this sort of fixation about what people do and what they don't do. And because the shirt, Mike England's shirt was so bigger than myself, I had to roll the sleeves up. And people used to, after that, say, that's what we love about you, pray. You roll your sleeves up. <laughs> and, get, and I went, I was going to tell him the truth. And I went, yeah. no, why? Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, we'll leave yeah. that, yeah. yeah, yeah but do you, do you remember, the, I mean, you know, you, you had your old, your mates were there what, hoping you were going to get her. But do you remember, the, do you remember what it was like? Because how old were you? I was 20, yeah, yeah. just So you're 20. 20, I mean, that must have been an incredible, it takes great courage to go out into a, such a massive game like that, packed house, presumably, 60-odd thousand people, was it? Um, by that time, yeah, it probably yeah. was, yeah. yeah. And it's like a massive derby, all that, and you've never played in the first team before, and you're in the middle of that cauldron. I mean, I'm a, I'd been on a couple of tours, yeah. so I'd played in... in friendlies in amongst, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. But this is a whole different thing, isn't it? Oh, of course it is, particularly against the Arsenal. Yeah. And uh, I had to mark Frank McClintock, and Bill Nick right. said, I want you to mark Frank McClintock. So I was kicking seven kinds of share out of Frank, and um, he, I went into one tackle with him, and he was leaning over me, and he was just about to give me a right-hander. <laughs> and um, it was a Gordon Hill, the referee, used to have the little moustache, really good referee. He came over, he pulled Frank away, went... Leave the little bastard to me, he said. So he went over me, he said, it might be your first game. He said, it could be your last. <laughs> so as I got up, <laughs> as I got up, Greavesy went, five, ten. I went, five, ten. I went, you give it ten minutes and then give him some more. <laughs> and me and Frank are still mates to this day, so he didn't, you know, he didn't hurt. But that, I mean, we talked about that, the, 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 the Palace defeat. But then, I mean, you, know, you, you had... a. a a bit of a run in the, in, in the team that kind of first season you played. And in that run of games, you got your first goal for Spurs. And again, not a bad team to get it against. The Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the following year. Incredible, isn't it? Following, yeah. following year. Um, and Jimmy Robertson had just gone to uh, Arsenal with uh, a pie exchange with David uh, Jenkins. And um, very unusual. I don't know, well... What happened was I was kicking the walls of North End, North Bank End, and I miscontrolled it, and I made a tackle and miscontrolled it again, made another tackle, and par for the course, I made another miscontrol, <laughs> another tackle, and all of a sudden I'm standing on the penalty spot, 
And I think it was Gordon, Simon Webster. Not Simon Webster, Webster. Somebody, Stuart Webster, I think his name was. And I'm standing there and I actually passed it into the corner oh, of the goal. Lovely. You know, wasn't too happy. My mates weren't too happy with me because they had to spend half hour trying to explain why they were cheering because yeah. I scored a goal because they were in the clock end yeah. and they had all their drafts. But this is the season after the debut at the same place. Yeah, the same next place. Season, yeah. You're there. Wow. That's amazing. Well, to be fair, we only lost one, Neil, and yeah. there was that Mug Jennings letter 30 yarder from yeah. uh, Samuels coming. You know what I mean? But yeah. there you go. But were you. In all honesty, were you an Arsenal fan when you were before? You Hoxton boy. No, I wasn't. To be fair, I didn't support anyone. I was playing all the time. If I supported anyone, it was Leighton Orient. No. I went, put it this way, I didn't support Leighton Orient. I went to watch them mm. more, probably because we got in for nothing, because my uncle worked there. And my dad played for them before the war as an amateur. And when he came back from the war... They offered him £6 and he was getting £7 at Truman's. So it was a no-brainer. Um, so, yeah, but I, I saw the Orient, but I was playing all the time. I didn't... Right, you didn't have and time There was it. no television, was there? It was no, a, no. It was a you know, European Cup and the FA Cup. Yeah. That was all we had on television. The, so. the, the following season, all Spurs fans will remember, there was the, the, the sort of famous Greaves-Peter swap, which no one could forget. But, I mean... Of all the people, it really didn't help. It didn't help you because Peters then came into midfield. Well, in actual fact, Bill Nick called me into the office. Uh, and to be fair, it, it was quite a compliment, actually. I was, I was paid. It was the fact he said, had I had two or three years more experience, mm. he wouldn't have had to go and really? you know, get Martin Peters. Uh, and for him to say that for the calibre of the Martin Peters was... Uh, and the sad thing was that you know he wouldn't he wouldn't have got Martin Peters if Jimmy hadn't gone the other way. Ron Greenwood is adamant that uh, Jimmy had to go the other way, and I think Jim, irrespective of whatever problems, and to be fair, us as players, we didn't know he had them problems. Yeah, you know we used to love it when he came in the suit and tie and had his briefcase because we knew it was going to be an easy day. You know because. He'd say to Bill Nick, he'd go, Bill, um, what sort of day are we going to have? And Bill Nick would go, why is that, Jim? And he'd go, well, I could do with being in the city by one o'clock. <laughs> so we'd go out and Bill would go, right, boys, we'll have a short, sharp morning this morning. He'd go, Jim, why can't you be a poxy suit and tie every week? Yeah, every day of the week, we'll have a nice, easy week. But um, no, one, JG's probably the greatest uh, forward I've ever played with, and it's... No, not being uh, discourteous to Martin Chivers, Alan Gilzine, etc. Um, but JG was something special, and uh, yeah. For the younger listener that didn't see Grease play live, and you know, again, there's stuff on YouTube and all that. How would you describe him? I mean, you know, I, some someone gave the analogy, especially talking about the pitches you played on. Someone sort of said. When he was running with the ball, it was like watching Messi. Would, would, would you agree with that, or do you think that's an unfair comparison? No, no, I, hey, which way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Messi's not as good as him, but Greavesy was as good as uh, Messi. Um, like all great players, there's certain thing, different things about them. Um, you look at Maradona, who's a similar elk to, say, Messi, but then you've got Ronaldo, who's six foot three and does everything. And they're they're all different, but fantastic. And JG would be up there. Uh, I mean, this documentary. If anyone's got a young kid, and you know they've heard about Jimmy Greaves, 
um, just show them it, record it, show them it. And the first thing that people say, they don't say, how good was he? They say, those pitches yeah. you played. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, then, I mean, you talked about the problem when Peters came in and you said, Bill Nick said, you're not quite ready yet. But then it was another senior player that sort of, who was on the show last season, Alan Mullery. He got this injury and went back to Fulham to sort of play and recuperate. And that really gave, gave, you, gave you your chance and your first real proper run in the, in the first team. Yeah, I mean, it worked both ways, actually, because, uh, you know, Muller's did, he had a you know, pelvic yeah. sort of injury and uh, he was loaned off, loaned off to uh, Fulham. And uh, unfortunately for me, on Bank Holiday Monday, when we were going to play AC Milan on the uh, first leg of the um, UEFA Cup, uh, on the Wednesday, I, Colin Viljohn, the uh, midfield player at Ipswich, you know, because this was a Monday and we're going to play on the Wednesday and we had played on the Saturday, but God forbid we should play too many games, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, my nose was all, all over by me, le- left eye, and uh, because of that, they, you know, they had to call Mullers back. That's what was the reason. That's what we was yeah. about to know that. I mean, Mullers is brilliant. I mean, yeah. you know, he's one of... Every time Mullers has had a job or, or the, someone's been interested in the job was, you know, he's, he phones me up and, well, he used to, obviously time's gone on now, um, and say, like, do you fancy it? And I go, yeah, I'll have some of that. And there for somebody whose place I took in the team mm. at that moment of time um, just shows a lot of style, really, I think. Yeah. That's very nice. I mean, you got talk about you. You mentioned the UEFA Cup there, and, and you know, that's when you got your first taste of European competition. That's 71, 72 UEFA Cup run. Which games in the build-up to the final? That, that, maybe there isn't any, but any games in that uh, build-up that still stand out to you in that in that cup run? To be fair, mine was a very isolated sort of situation in those games because. I always had to mark the ball playing or the playmaker of the other team to the point where um, Bill would say, look, don't worry about whatever else is going on. You just mark him. Mm. Occasionally I used to say where, neck, ankle. (laughs) But, um, you know, that was my job to do and the game would pass me by sometimes. So you'd be so focused on moving with that Yeah, and to be fair, Eddie Bailey was fantastic on, um, you know, data on, forget about all these computers and Eddie Bailey used to go and watch teams play and he'd come back and we had dossiers of, you know, what they had for breakfast, what time they went out of shit and everything like that. He was, no, he was brilliant. And, um, yeah, I mean, I marked um, over art. And there was a boy from, uh, I can't pronounce his name, I'm crap at names, but uh, uh, Red Star Belgrade, he was the top man now. Um, so, yeah, I, that was my job. So I was a little bit sort of disassociated from the team, if you like. I was mm. in, sort of in isolation, yeah. really. But, um, yeah, no, it was fantastic because when you're pitting yourselves against the best players in the world, it's some compliment for me that Bill Nick thought, I could do the job. You were the man for the job. Who was was the best one that you ever came up against in that role? Well, the best player I've ever played against is Bestie. Right. George Best. Did you attempt to mark him? Well, not the way people thought I might do, Mm. you know, probably because Bill thought I couldn't get near him. But, um, and sometimes, you know, when people go flying into tackles, like, oh, great, boy, this, that, and the other. 
but sometimes all you got to do is, Bill said to me, I don't want you to tackle him. All I want you to do is close him down and cut off his angles. Mm. Job done. Mm. And we were playing at Old Trafford and it was on the halfway line and they were kicking the walls of Stratford end, which didn't help because you couldn't hear yourself, a bit like a cop. And um, Bestie was on the touchline and I'm looking at the ball and he's knocked it against me legs and got it back four times. Now, which I'm a little bit peeved about and (laughs) and I've got... Steam coming out of every hole in my body that I can bring, and I really want to hurt him badly. <laughs> and the, the fifth time he did it, I looked up because there's a you know, defensive thing you're supposed to look at the ball and watch yeah. the ball at the time. I looked up, he had his hands on his hips, and he was laughing. <laughs> And he flicked it off to Dennis Law. Now, that was another load of problems, but they weren't mine. Yeah, yeah. So thank God for that. So years later, when, we played in, when I played in America, where Bestie was at San, uh, San Jose, mm. and I heard John, and we had three Johns in our team, and then he went pretty, and there weren't too many pretties about. Uh, so he said, you marking me? I went, yeah. He went, you won't kick me, we? I went, you don't take the piss, I won't do it. He went, you out, you out tonight? I went, of course. <laughs> that's lovely. That um, following season, that 72-73, you then became a virtual ever-present in that team. The midfield was you, Peters, Perriman. Uh, and, I mean, that season you were key in that League Cup winning run. Um, and you can ask this now. I mean, I think a lot of fans will say, arguably, your best goal on a Spurs shirt in that Cup run, which is, I found it, is on YouTube. You can still see it. Against Liverpool in the fifth round replay. Yeah, that was a that sort of game. Uh, there, there's once in your life when uh, you look at other people around you and you go, do you know something? They really want this. We were 1-0 up at Anfield and obviously we hadn't won there for 75 years. Probably because they had been in the second division for 60 of those. <laughs> Very good um, point. Very good yeah. point. <laughs> so we're 1-0 up. And I don't know what Emily News was doing in our half of the field, but he hit one from about 30 yards and it screamed right in the top corner past Pat. And, it, Pat, and if you beat Pat, you've, you know, it's got to be a screamer. And one each, coming back for the replay, where most people would have said, like, oh, yeah, we've got them at home now. You know, I think the sense of opinion was, you know, Tottenham going to be hard pushed to beat Liverpool down there. Well, our boys, I've got to tell you, I... It's the only, well, one of the few times, because they were so talented, the bastards, um, they went, we found, yeah, we want this. And on the Wednesday night, it was pissing down. I don't know if anyone can remember it. It was hammering down. And in the old, old stadium, I ain't got a start, but it's the old, old stadium, um, it drained into the corner down at uh, Paxton Road. And Bill Shankly didn't want it on. Oh, really? Did not oh. want it on. And Bill Nick came in and big Mike England, he went, we want it on. <laughs> and if Mike England said, you want it on, you didn't want to get a right hand over him in. So we played the game. And you know, so I'm having, we've all played it, whether it's schoolboy football or wherever, um, where things are going so well, you start to laugh. It, within 15 <laughs> minutes, we were 3-0 up. And I happened to get one of the goals. Right, right. Look at it, it's a great goal. Yeah, it was one of the goals, yeah. Funny enough with Clem, when I came back, as a, I used to do some goalkeeping things and for my the youth team strikers. 
And I said, well, this is what I want you to do. And I cracked one. And I said, nothing changes, Clem, does it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it, that was one of the nights where that is possibly the best game of football I've ever had the privilege of playing in a, in a white shirt. The, the semi-finals, for those you might remember, we had two, obviously two legs, again against Wolves, who was part of our history at Molyneux. And again, you, you, know, you scored a scream in that one as well. Do you remember that one? Well, funnily enough, I do, yes. Um, <laughs> well, p- purely because for years, you know, people have said, oh, you've got a really good goal, John, against Wolves. And I went, yeah. I said, well, you know, it was 20, 25 yards. I, I personally think it was better than the Liverpool goal. Yeah, I think it was as well, to be fair. And uh, so I get get this, you know, newfangled things, these mobile phones, isn't it? You know what I mean? So my son sent through the thing. He said, like, Dad, he said... The boys have sent me this Facebook, or, or what is no, not Facebook, YouTube, YouTube thing about um, your goals on there. He said, and I think you'll find it might be nearer 30 to 35 than it was 20 to 25. And I looked at it and I thought, yeah, you know something, you might be right here. Yeah. But it was a Jimmy Pierce knocked it back to Steve Perriman. Steve Perriman knocked it back to, uh, to me. I knocked it in the chiv. Didn't give him the best ball. But he knocked it back to me, and I looked up, and um, I took a leaf out of. Uh, I read a book, you know, I forget one of those magazines when we were young kids. We'd get uh, Bobby Charlton done done this sort of piece, and someone asked him what was his method when he scored goals. He said, "Well, he said I just try to hit those three white sticks, and if I don't know where they're going, the goalkeeper hasn't got absolutely no <laughs> chance." Where I live. And that was my piece. Of course, I killed one of you in Rosehead in behind the Paxton Road and the Park Lane end. But every now and again, I was just about to be a... And, oh, good goal, John. But yeah. there you are. It's, um, no, it's one of those things. You buy a raffle ticket and Absolutely. unless you buy a raffle the, ticket, you're never going to win a raffle. The final against Norwich was obviously bittersweet for you because you got injured so early on in that game. How was that to, to, to take to... To have this build up, and again, I mean, you, you look at these goals, you're absolutely instrumental in getting there. First Wembley appearance, and then, I mean, did you try and play on what, what, what sort of happened? Well, once again, the, um, you know, Bill Nick, if you like, sort of said, right, Graham Padden, who's an extremely good yeah. player mm. for Norwich and for West Ham, yeah, um, he was their playmaker, and Bill said, for the first 20 minutes, I want you to sit on him and don't give him a kick of the ball. Etc. So I did that for 20 minutes and I just looked across and Bill gave the sign that I was allowed to go forward and, um, you know, because I did like getting forward uh, and um, I was chasing, I think it was Graham Padden actually, towards our own goal near the halfway line and I went to make a slide tackle and my left knee hit the ground and went backwards while the rest of me was going forward. And I tore me a ductor muscle, and I, I, it was just minutes. I tried a couple of times to get up, you know. It was like the QE2 getting up, a bit like now, really, when I'm getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, and uh, I had to come off. Uh, you know, and people say, though, yes, of course it was unlucky. You know, but afterwards, Bill Nick, who's you know always brilliant with his man management skills at times. He said to Terry Naylor, because Terry Naylor couldn't play, they had a broken arm. And he said to me, he said, like, you've had 25 minutes. He said, but one of, one of the greatest players that's ever played didn't have 25 minutes in the cup final. 
played there for for England loads and loads of times, Tom Finney. You know, and what a compliment that is. I've had 25 minutes more than one of the greatest players that's ever mm. played the game. And, uh, and of course, my mate Coatsy came on. Ironically, he was, he was the yeah. one sub. Um, and he came on and scored. And people came to me, oh, where was you? I went, put it this way. I would have been more upset if he'd come on, we'd lost 1-0. Yeah. But he came on, he scored the goal. And I was in my suit. And I was, funny enough, I was, we were coming up the tunnel. You know, dare I have, I've gone up there. First time, expectation, levels are great. You know, anxious, get on the game, I want to give the best. Uh, and then the next time I'm going up there, I'm crying, I'm on crutches and I'm in my suit. And the Grenadier guards were walking down and uh, Ray Evans was told to look after me. And uh, as we've come, I've come out of the dressing room and started walking up and one of the Grenadier guards, who obviously must have been a Tottenham supporter, <laughs> he said, how are you, John? Raven went, how the fuck do you think he is? <laughs> I went, he's a grenadier guard, mate. He can chew you up like, yeah. And I had all my family there as well, um, you know, the 70-odd of my family. Um, and every one of them's bobbing up, how are you, John? It was like, you know. Um, and that was obviously an emotional thing, but Bill Nick said to one of the boys, yeah, go and get you, because that was the last year, I think, they did the tankard. The, tankard. the silver right, tankard, the yeah. Um you still got uh, it? You still got the tankers? Yes, of course yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went, I threw the crisis. I went, no, no one's going home and get out. This, this might never happen again. And it didn't. Um, but yeah, no, to have done that. But lovely doing that. But the one thing I would love to have done uh, would have been to run round yes, the pitch mm. as a winner. Yeah. Um, which I thought we would, we would have won the game had I been taken off or not but because um, we were a better side than them uh, we had some good players I mean, that, it's funny because that's 73 I mean again the following season again how many times over when Spurs have won things especially the League Cup you go this team's going to kick on and kick on the following season we finished 11th which was the equal lowest we ever finished when Bill Nick was the manager but saying that we reached another European final that season um, and again, in the run-up um, to reaching the final, those were tough games. There was games in Russia and East Germany, for example. Do you remember, I mean, again, the old Iron Curtain. What was your memories of games? Was it Tbilisi we played? Dynamo Le- Leipzig, who obviously we've got a different incarnation yeah. now. Dynamo Tbilisi. Tbilisi, yeah. were, the, were the top team, as you, yeah. as you said, as you have said previously in previous shows, um, you know, don't always win the league, but the next thing is they're the best team as Milan when we played them. They were top of the league yeah. when we played them. And uh, we were the only team that weren't top of the league. I can't think why, but there we go. Uh, so um, we go to Tbilisi, and um, so we go to Ra- You have to go to Moscow first back in them days to change planes. And we had the old, was it the Trident 3 or something? No. Yeah, tr- yeah, Trident 3, was it? Yeah, yeah, Trident, yeah something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we got on this Aeroflot thing where the mm. There was no cladding on it or anything like that. It was shaking like the clappers. <laughs> yeah. And so we turned up and watching these warm up. Well, warming up frightened us. Fucking hell, what are they doing? And they, oh, they absolutely hammered us. And we won 1 0. Coatsy, I think it was Coatsy. <laughs> was it Coatsy? Ran away and scored a goal. Um, but this was back in the day. And there I said, I think the football at this moment in time is. 
again, are very much like the early Italian league 70s where you get the ball, you attack, they defend, then they get the ball, you drop off and they attack. Mm. Quite boring, really. But, um, you know, so we did exactly the same with the proviso that at any one time someone would look over to the stand and Bill Nick would do the old 10-minute thing, 5-10, and all of a sudden we're rattling at them. You know, me and Stevie P, we're giving them a bit of stick and their defenders are under, you know, the great big tall blonde boy, Fichetti. Fichetti, all of a sudden, he's looking, what are you doing? You're not, no, I'm supposed to look good. You know, Mm. you can't tackle me, I'm a defender and I'm playing the ball. But Bill, you said Bill Nickerson needs to do that. So the, so the idea was you would soak it up, same as they yep. would soak it up. But then at a certain point, to take them by surprise, you'd say, just go at them now, press. Oh, yes. To the, use the modern... The modern terminology, press. Yeah, the modern name. Yeah. bit like the philosophy one. I know you heard it earlier, said it earlier, but, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, no, the way we played, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sod the philosophy, it's the way we play. Yeah, but when did he tend to do that? Though, well, yeah, in most of the European games. But at what point in the game did he suddenly decide? Or was it a random It could be any time. could be any time. Any it's time. Amazing. So he's, he's watching, he's thinking, right, now's the time. Now's the time, exactly and then he, right. So, yeah. he would, so he'd tell you to do it. Would he then tell you to stop to do it at a particular moment? Or you'd know how long to do it for? Well, or? yeah, no, normally you, you'd have a go and then yeah. you know, you'd try to get Chiv to run back and yeah. uh, end no, of the race. But, yeah, you know. yeah. That his job was score goals, and he did it very, very well. Yeah. I might add. <laughs> the, the, the final, obviously, it was two legs, but the, you know, the, 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 the infamous final against Feyenoord, obviously now in history, is remembered for the for the violence more than the game. And uh, we watched the game recently, and there was this extraordinarily disallowed goal that we yeah looked dodgy. went against us, which yeah. was absolutely dodgy yeah. to this day. You just go, how was that offside? What's your memory? If you have, what's your memory of? The game, the violence taking place, the dressing room, you coming out, Bill Nick pleading with the fans to stop the fighting. Must, must well, the, two, the, you know, the scenario was, the first scenario was that you know, Chris McGrath scored the goal, yeah. uh, which should have stood. Um, Martin Peters, bless him, he missed, I'll put it this way, he didn't miss. He didn't score with four headers that you would normally associate Martin Peters scoring with. They scored five minutes before half-time. Uh, and then, obviously, the carnage. The problem's happened at half-time. At half-time. And someone came, from official from Fionnord came in and said to Bill Nick, can you come out? So Bill Nick's gone out and he's come back and he's took his coat off, screwed it up and threw it on the floor and he's gone, they're tearing the fucking place to pieces. And then all of a sudden, all those boys that had family, I, you know, I, I was fortunate I didn't have family at the time, um, you know, now in their minds, and I'm not saying that's the reason why we lost at all, but they've got their kids, they've got their family. Mm. I mean, I have my wife, my parents, uh, my in-laws there. Because um, so you won't know where the trouble is. You just see no, my we family didn't know, there. We didn't, but when we came out... When we the pieces, where? What's happening? Yeah, it's just, it's How violent like is it? place has gone up. Right? But to, well, it did, because when yeah. we came out, there was seats all coming down. And, yeah. and to be fair, you know, I think you know, fear and order were equally... We got a very bad press and we got... Uh, banned for five years, didn't yeah. we? Um, it was quite incidental, that because I think none of the qualified anyway. None of the teams, were, <laughs> none of the teams were like good. Well, no. at the time, so <laughs> they, they had a lot of thankers for. Yeah. But no, it was. Um, it must be quite surreal because you don't go into a game thinking, "Oh God, so, oh, yeah, this is going to happen." The following day, uh, we was walking around the town, and 
I've never been embarrassed to be an Englishman, if you can be an Englishman, because Scottish people can be Scottish, Welsh can be Welsh, Irish can be Irish, but Englishmen are British. Strange that on passports, isn't it? Um, I, but I was embarrassed. Really? Hmm. Um, what because because of what had happened, or was there still stuff kicking off? No, purely because I don't I don't know. Not no, I didn't notice anything. Just what you'd heard, and just what we'd just heard, lost and of course the result. We'd lost. You know, yeah. it was bitter in the sense that, and for me personally, you know, I was on the peripheral of it all, it, watching the boys, and I wouldn't say I wouldn't have it an excuse. Um, that was the reason why we lost. Um, but there's been one or two dodgy Italian referees and in the past, and uh, one of the uh, Fiennes players who were renamed Namus, uh, who's a friend of mine, he said he must have been on a on a brown envelope, you know. So um, there we are. But you know, as it should be. But if you know, we should have scored enough goals in the first half away to put it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know that. Well, it's kind of thought now, looking back, that Bill Nick probably never really recovered from that and resigned the following September after a bad start to the season. And we'll discuss uh, what happened to the club and and, uh, Terry Neal coming in after this very short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back for that break. There we are. We're sticking an advert in there, hopefully. Um, Bill left... Looking back at your young career and him signing you and bringing you to the team, what kind of influence did he have on you as a player, as a man? And, and what were your feelings all these years on about the well, influence he had on you? It's like all things in life, I said to a couple of people, uh, all things in life, someone's got to love you. You know, you might not necessarily be the best player in the world or in perception what other people perceive you to be or what they want you to be, but it's what you are. And if the people that, are, you know, have got the token want to put that token in the machine and it's you, then fine. And Bill Nick did that. Um, him and Eddie Bailey, you know, they opened my eyes to loads and loads of things uh, about playing the game uh, and, it, you know, yeah, it really you know, was a cultural thing, um, the philosophy that you know, yeah. they had. Yeah. Um, but it was basically the way we played. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I lo- get that one either. I had to do it. But that's a lovely <laughs> analogy. Do you, do you think, you could argue that maybe certain players in this era don't get it. Do you think that arm around you and we believe in you, 
this is the job we want you to do. We love what you do. You're in. You're, you're obviously playing week in, week out. Do you think as a footballer, that's all you at that age, that's all you need? Well, to be fair, Bill didn't put, I don't see Bill put his arm around oh, too right. many people. Yeah. No. But right. if your name was on that team sheet mm. on a Friday... That was enough, I suppose, to know. That's exactly it. Yeah. That was enough. You know, if you was in that... Uh, I mean, I had the occasion after the uh, uh, League Cup final, I didn't play for a month, and I trained on my own, and et cetera, et cetera. And we were playing Liverpool away... And Phil Older, little Phil Older, had been uh, playing instead of me. And we went to Liverpool and I walked in and I looked on the thing and I went, what's that all about? I'm, I'm in the squad to go to Liverpool. No, I should be playing in the reserves or the A team or wherever it was. And um, I, someone said, well, said, no, Bill's an horses for courses, man. And you always play well at Liverpool. Um, he said, you'll play. And when we got up there the, the Friday night... Bill that called me and Phil Older into the uh, into his room and said, uh, "I'm Phil. I'm sorry, but I'm going to play John, etc." Because, funny enough, I used to save me best games for Liverpool. I think adversity always suited me. Um, and when we came out of the room, I mean, it, I remember it to this day, reverting back to the Martin Peters situation. I said, "Phil, four years, five years ago." I had the same thing happen to me because Martin, Martin Peters, they bought Martin Peters and I was going to be left out of the team. Yeah. And uh, I think we still drew. I was going to say people might think we lost, but I think we drew that game. Because we did draw more games than we lost up at Liverpool. That's what people forget as well. The famous 2-2 when Jennings saved two penalties. That's the first time I've ever seen Pat show any motion <laughs> whatsoever. Apart from getting his arm around my neck once, but that's about it. <laughs> that's another story. Terry, I mean, we talked about building, and Terry Neal then came in, um, and we've had Mallory, Chiv, we've had a, a lot of players in that era on the show. Mm. He did get rid of a lot of the senior players in his first season. How did you find him when he first came in? Well, to be fair, for me and Steve Perriman, um, he was as good as gold. Uh, he said to Stevie... You know, when Stevie was a schoolboy player, he said, Steve, when you was a schoolboy player, not only was you the best passer of the ball in schoolboy football, but you were one of the best passers of the ball in any football. Go out there and make some passes. And then he said to me, Pratt, he said, like, get up there and score me some goals. He said, I know you're going to run back. Get in there and score some goals. So for me and Stevie Perriman, you know, he was a breath of fresh air. Mm. I ended up eighth leading goal scorer in the first division with 13 yeah. goals that year. Mm-hmm. But to the derogatory of the club, because of all the older players or his contemporaries, the Chiverses, the Peters, etc., etc., yeah. uh, Joe Kinnear, Philip Bill, yes. you know, I mean, you lose those calibre players, um, yeah, and they didn't become bad players overnight in any shadow form. But, um, Do you think, it, Keith, think he. You think he ret- retrospectively gets a bit of bad press because of that? Well, I mean, you know, I get on very well with Terry, right. but if he asked me the question, I'd say, yeah, he, mm. he balls it up because, uh, I mean, we didn't play particularly, I think it was after the Middlesbrough game in the League Cup, mm. uh, Bill resigned. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these, these world-class players that I was playing with didn't become bad players overnight. Um, you know, but perhaps... 
you know, I don't know, Bill might have had enough of it. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, that his first full season, obviously Spurs fans here and at home was remembered for the near relegation. And we had that infamous, famous, whatever you want to call it, final game against Leeds United, the champions. They were playing later on that week in the European Cup final. Yeah. Um, and we've had Pat Jennings, we've had four or five players for that team. Yeah, in that game. And we, <laughs> we asked them the same question. Yeah. We were asked, you might remember, you might not. There was an extraordinary moment, and I've looked into this quite a lot, no, exactly where Terry Neal brought in a showbiz hypnotist Romark <laughs> the Remarkable, who had been used by Malcolm Allison at Crystal Palace before. Do you remember this? And he was brought in. <laughs> Martin Chip told the big story because Chip was out. Martin Chip was out. Yeah. And then you had this sort of... Um, he had a vision to Terry Neal, said, Chip will score, Chip must play. <laughs> Chip was out of the team. And I think, you know, well, you know Pat... To be fair, this is a geezer that hung himself, isn't it? You know what, what he mean? did in the end, yeah, he, that's what, what he what? did. The, the road mark, the rope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the funny yeah. thing was, yeah. we were at um, West he Lodge. Drove, he drove down the road blind in a car. We was in West Lodge, yeah. the hotel up in Enfield. Yeah. And uh, this road mark came in, and we all knew he was, or whatever his name was. And so he said, like, I want one of you boys to come up. He went up, and so it was Nolsey. And Nolsey wasn't into pain for all that hard you know, tackling and everything that he was. Nolsey wasn't into pain. He's got this pin. And he said, right, I'm going to put you under. And Nolsey's got one eye open like that. <laughs> well, all the boys are absolutely wetting their self, like, you know. And um, that, so I don't think that helped some of them <laughs> get in the elbow. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I need, but to be fair... So Pat said he saw the, you went to some hotel in West End and he was levitating people off the stage or the yeah. table. It was like, oh, it's a trick, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it's all a trick. Yeah, a yeah. trick yeah. 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 Which is brilliant, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah but, like where's, my, but it's hard I'd to like see. My bank it, balance would be levitated. But. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard to see how it fits into a football. I mean, it's. Well, to be fair. It's a huge game. I think I mean, what people it was, forget you, what a massive well, game it was. Having said that, it sounds a little bit silly, but yeah. nowadays we've got psychologists, etc., in the game, which is probably what he was. Yeah. He was doing like visualisation. It was the 1970s equivalent of a sports psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it that. But to be fair, it's like anything. I mean, myself, sports psychologists don't do anything for me. Yeah. But if it works for you... It's whatever works, isn't it? Exactly. And, you know... Do you uh, think some of the players benefited yeah, from I mean, Ro- Romark? The, uh, well, not Roman. No, he didn't. But uh, John Sayers and another, his partner, right. who were there when they, during the Cup uh, years, the uh, FA Cup years... You know, I think, you know, we'd have little groups, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I think it's a load of bollocks, but uh, mm. no, I don't need anyone to tell me whether I've been crap or whether I've been good mm. and what I've mm. done wrong. You know, that's a self-analysis mm. thing that... You're some, capable of doing yourself. Well, some, yeah, you know, perhaps some people are not. Yeah. But then you listen to other people um, and obviously, well, Clive's, how many Clive Allen score yeah. in this particular year? So he'd get the forwards and Mark Falco and... Uh, was an extremely good player, Bilko, you know what I mean? If he had had a yard of pace, he would have played for England without any shell of a doubt, as Clive would have played more games. Because technically, and uh, technically he's one of the best uh, people I've ever coached. Mm. Clive? Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the following season, we finished ninth, much more credible with where we were. And, and you mentioned there, I mean, I, I, in the league, you got 10 goals that season. Our second top score behind John Duncan. It was an incredible season, and and what half of those goals 
you look back, came in the last eight games of the season, you're just bagging him in left, right and centre. And he, and he, why was that? What happened? Did <laughs> Terry free you up? Were you sort of bombing forward more? Why was um, you? I mean, there was, there was. I mean, I remember one against Newcastle in the but, but to League be, Cup semi-final. To be fair, if we're you know if we're not playing particularly well and the other team are attacking us, I'm going to do less yeah. attacking because I'm doing defending. But um, no, I don't think there was any particular reason for it. Uh, yeah, it might be ten a little bit out of school, but we had a little meeting the players and you know Terry wanted to do certain things and. Stevie P and myself weren't actually over the moon about it. And we said, right, let's do what we want to do. Just nod your head, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, we ended up ninth and we got the semi-finals of the League Cup. So, yeah, exactly. And we got cheated out of that because Malcolm McDonald's was off, offside for three of the goals. Yeah. Yeah. So well, two of the goals out of the three. Uh, but having said that, you know, it's a, my biggest disappointment, if, if I'm allowed to have a disappointment, you know, disappointment. It would be with the quality of players that I played with. Um, I haven't, you know, I've got two UEFA Cup winners medals. I've got a League Cup winners, two League Cup winners. No, so one winners and yeah, one losers made in UEFA. Yeah. And I've got two because I was in the squad. The two League, League Cup. Cup, two League Cup. I ain't going to give them back for anybody. You know what I mean? Um, but I never won the league, and for me. To be the best over 42 games, and now it's 48 games. Bless them, they played too many games. Um, bit cynical, I know that, but there you are, that's me. Um, that, would have, that would have been the utopia, well, but. You know what? As, a, as all Tottenham people probably have that to some degree or another. It, 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 fans, obviously, it's different, but that's the one thing we've never done, isn't it? Since all those years ago. Well, no, it's, it's, it's no different. Trust me. I mean, uh, and I think sometimes if you are a Londoner mm. or someone from the South and, you know, you've got people coming in and you've got Liverpool, how many? Yeah. Five Man European United, yeah. Cups, Man United, da-da-da. Um, you still don't want Arsenal and Chelsea no, to win this. still rather yeah. Man you at Liverpool, no, yeah. Yeah, so. Terry then left, went to Arsenal, and Keith Birkenshaw came in, who was part of the sort of youth team, reserve team set How did you find him initially? Had you, had you worked with him prior or... No, because Berkey, Berkey actually was... You had, you had Terry, and then you had Wilf Dixon. Yes, that's right. Who also and, went with him, didn't he? Yeah, Wilf go to who Arsenal. came with him, and Keith. But Keith was always with the first team. Okay. Um, and at the end of the season, to be fair to Terry, now, he was, he'd been at Arsenal since he was 15. Yeah. You know, and if Arsenal come along, it's like if I'd gone and played for Arsenal and they'd said, John, why don't you come along and, you know, manage Tottenham? You know, You're going to go, aren't you? You'd bite their arms off, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair also, we're very happy to see him leave. Well, yeah, but, you know... Fans, the, always, the king, saw fans the, always saw him as the an king, Arsenal The king is dead long with the king. Player. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Of course, I think, and, and we did as well. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I mean, tell... Dare I say it? Talks a good game, and you know he's been. A, he was a very good. He was a good mm. player. You don't play with the Arsenal, and not be a good player. Um, but Ireland's no, international. But when yeah. you, well, I, I nearly got an Irish cap actually. My grandfather was born in Derry, which is London Derry, and I did A level geography. And um, Johnny Johnny Giles phoned me up and he said, Johnny said, um, I understand your grandfather was Irish. <laughs> 
And my granddad had been dead like 10 years before I was born. And I went, I believe he was. And when you've got cousins, Beatrice, Patrick, Cornelius, <laughs> it gets Mary, it gives you a little bit of a clue that you might have yeah. some Irish connection. Um, so I, phoned, I said to me, Mum, where did your dad come from? Didn't say where was granddad from. She said, I don't know, I can't remember. I'll, I'll ask your aunt. So I phoned up my aunt, and my mum's family were Catholic. And she said, Oh, Derry. And I went, got Josie on the phone straight away. Well, didn't even think about it. I went, John, yeah, Derry. And he pray, he said, you can gob across the border. He said, but it's Northern Ireland, it's London, Derry. I went, well, prep by name, prep by nature, but there you go. Like, uh, and it cost me an international cap. And to be fair, I could keep the ball up three times at that moment in time. So I was well worth the, well worth the money. When Keith came in that season... Why, why don't you think we stayed up that, that's his, his first season? What, why, do you th- why do you think it was, from your perspective? Well, obviously, with all the disruption that had gone before, you know, and we had, to be fair, we had a young team. We had Neil McNabb, uh, Glenn Oddle, uh, you know, various things happening. Yeah, Jonesy, good centre forward. Yeah, but there were so many elements going on at that moment in time. Um, yeah, we went down, and at any moment in time, when people say, "Oh, these teams are too," nineteen seventy-three, Man United went down. Yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately for us, it's only I think it's two or three teams that have never been relegated, like Everton and Arsenal, Arsenal. Yeah. bastards. That yeah. last um, that last game of the season at home, we we lost to Man City five nil on the main road. We virtually down. We we won two nil at home to Leicester. You scored. Jimmy Holmes scored. I remember as a eight, nine-year-old losing the game, and then the fan. I mean, it wouldn't happen now. There was no pointing the finger. The fans stayed. The fans invaded the pitch. Would not leave the White Hart Lane pitch until you, the players, came back to applaud you, not to chastise you. You've set us down for the first time in. God knows how long in modern history. What's your memory? Do you remember any of that? Well, to be fair, the latter part of the season, well, all through the season, I mean, and that's where we've always been very fortunate. You know, I mean, we, the last, I think, five or six home games, you know, we're averaging like 45,000, 47,000 people. Uh, and we were getting beat. Um, and obviously, you've got an obligation to them because. Without it, as Bill Nick said, the most important people at football clubs are the supporters, mm. and he's right. Mm. You know, because um, of the monetary things with the game nowadays. Yeah, when you came to watch us play, when I was playing, you did pay my wages. Television plays their wages now, um, and when I'm working there, you might pay mine now. But and thank you very much. Um, but it's, you know, I don't. It's, just an awe that you get that and to be fair with the Keith Burtonshaw thing Stevie and I we had we had a conflab and we went and saw Sydney well mm-hmm. and we said look if you're thinking about giving Keith Burtonshaw the job well, she might, right, or, or, we yeah. won't you know, we won't mind that because mm. yeah we could you know he, he was a sound fella and once again another, like Bill Nick Another a Yorkshire, Dower, Yorkshire, straight as a die. Yeah. Did he always call you John Pratt? Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. 
particularly when he was going to drop me. Called me yeah. in the office one Friday. He said, John Pratt, I'm thinking about living, leaving you out. I said, I'm glad you're only fucking thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, our time in the second division, again, we've had Peter Taylor here, who scored a lot of goals that season, whatever. You, you were absolutely pivotal that season. You played in every single league game that season. What was it like for you? You know, you played for one of the top teams in, in England from a young age. You're now playing against Mansfield Town and, you know, all these sort of clubs and, and against sort of more, probably more journeyman players. It's funny. Was, you... it, far, was, it, was it fun or awful? It, it's funny you mentioned Mansfield Town because we, we went away to them, didn't like we? all. Free all. Dane's in a nightmare. That, that Friday, done the air shot down here. That Friday night, I was in Bart's hospital. My wife was giving birth to my yeah. daughter. Uh, and I got him in the car and I had to go from Bart's to uh, Adley Wood to meet the directors and drive up. So I've got my suit on. Obviously, I haven't had a shave. Not, it takes about four or five days for me, even now, to have a, you know, have a growth. And I was absolutely knackered. And Berkey went to me, John Pratt, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to play if you don't want to. I went, I went I've driven all this way. I'm sure. So Danes had his air shot. It's, and if those of you were there, it's pissing down at Evans Yard. And we've got this free kick. And the odds done his thing with his nose, a bit like Greavesy. He's gone. And I'm saying, because I used to call the free kicks. Well, I didn't take them. I called them. I'd say, well, they one down the side of the walls on. And I'm on my knees, I'm lying down, I'm looking down, and Odd's gone, I fancy, and I went, Odd, I don't care a toss really, mate. <laughs> I'm absolutely cattled, or words of that effect. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to put it in the goalkeeper's side. And I went, go on then, do whatever you like. <laughs> and as I looked, I turned my head, and I saw the goalkeeper take a yard, and he went, Oh no, and the ball, and we got a free all draw. Yeah, I mean, and um, and the funny thing was, getting towards the latter part of that season uh, when we got promotion. So we had Glenn on the right, Neil in the middle, and me on the left. So I said to Berkey, like, because Glenn was giving it double pirouettes with (laughs) Axel and one or two other things, and then Neil would do a double Axel. And I went, do you know, sir, I can see these two balls in it up for us. Why don't you put me in the middle, Neil on the left, because he was a better athlete than Glenn, and Glenn on the right, because we always played with a right winger, wherever it be. And we did it even when I was assistant manager. We had Chris Waddle, who was left, you know, left-footed, but played on the yeah, right. Yeah. Peter Taylor played on the right. So, so Berkey went, who's going to mark the right-sided midfield player and the right-back? Oh. I went... I trust we're not going to move it then. I'm going to be playing out there still, am I? Um, so, yeah, my disappointment, once again, if I'm allowed to have a disappointment, we, ne- we were the best team in that league by far. Mm. But only scraped up, didn't win the championship. Well, here lies a story. So if it was in present day era, uh, me and Baldy might have been done for uh, insider trading. Yeah, and that um, last game. The last game. But Southampton. Southampton away, so before the game, Keith Burton Shaw said to me, John Pratt, I don't want you going over the halfway line. So I went, okay, no problem. 
don't go over the halfway line. So before the game, we're kicking the ball about, and I've had, hey! Is that a ball? There's a draw, show ya. I went, fine, now, lovely, mate. Yeah, okay, good. Both, good. For the younger listeners, both teams needed a point. And that would and be enough to put us up above, well, above Brian. Also, also for younger listeners, Alan, that's Alan, <laughs> <Yeah>. Alan Ball <laughs> had a very, very high-pitched yeah, exactly. voice. Oh, no, he never. A very good likeness for the voice of Alan Ball. So we're playing a game, and after five minutes, they had a young boy, Trevor Hibbert, who'd made his debut. He hit the bar, he hit the post, and he missed two sitters. I said to Ballie, does he know about the draw? <laughs> so we played the game. We've come off nil-nil. So we're up in the players' lounge having a, having a beer, and and I might say halves because we never drunk pints back in those not. days. Well, trust me, we didn't. Um, unless you drunk half of mine, I don't know. But um, so I said to Bowley, I said, Bowley, what was all that about the draw? Because we thought it was between us and Brighton That's what it was. that went up. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, in actual fact, this shows you how, how good a player Bowley was in our professional most of these teams were back in those days Bawley said if we'd scored against you you were capable of getting three or four which we was I think we nearly got 100 goals that year didn't we yeah um, and he said and if we'd lost 3-1 you and Brighton would have gone up wow. and we wouldn't have done so so that was what their thinking was yeah a draw better suited better them the more than don't don't poke the beast otherwise yeah, they could have got yeah, no, yeah. Well, well, I mean, when you've got someone like Odd and that and Glenn. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, Neil was an extremely talented player as well. Yeah. Neil it was McNair. one of the most antagonising games because you kind of, we had to go back up. I don't think we no. had the players to go another season and all that. It was just, and, and we all know what happened the next season. And it's a bit like the JFK moment. Where were you when the news broke that summer that we'd signed two World Cup winners? I know exactly where I was. Where were you? I was on laying down, just come out of the pool, and when you got sort of two young kids, you know, we've all been there, we're all like prunes, aren't we? Mm. You come out and you got, you're like a prune. And Andy Gray, the commentator, and right. extremely good football, and Keith Birchin, they were big mates. So they've lifted their heads over the parapet and gone pretty. Tottenham have just signed two Argentinian World Cup midfield players. I went, oh, great, lovely. <laughs> so, so, so I said to my missus, I said, have they gone? And she went, yep. Yeah. I shut upstairs and a friend of mine was letting us have his apartment. And I got on the phone to my mate in London. I went, Ron, he went, I know what you're going to say. Yes, they have. I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> As you do when you know you're the head that's going. Um, so everything went through. So all of a sudden, it's a Sunday before we start pre-season training on the Monday. John Pratt. <laughs> yes, Keith, that's me. You live in Chigwood, don't you? Yes, thank you, I do, yeah. Would it be possible for you to pick Osvaldo Ardiles? And I, I said, you're turning a fucking piss, are you? <laughs> pick him up from where? From Chigwood. They live there. Oh, right, they rent a house in Chigwood. Okay, I, I went, you're turning a piss, are you? I said, you just... Bought them to replace me. Now you want me to go and pick them up? I went, where'd they live? <laughs> and so I knew exactly the house where they, they'd done it. And uh, so I went down and picked them up and I looked after them. They didn't speak pretty much any English at this stage, did they? Well, Ozzy understood uh, English, 
But, I mean, the wives opened the door, and it was about a quarter of an inch open, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I think it was like Saudi Arabia, really, or something like yeah. that, where they think they're going to rape them or something. And I mean, and you know when you do, you, you start articulating, I'm here to yeah. pick the two boys up. Like, yeah. um, so I, I looked up, I'd say basically looked after them for a little while. Presumably you'd watched in the summer the World Cup. Oh, of course, yeah. So you'd seen, I mean, Ricky didn't play, you'd seen Aussie. Aussie was probably the best yeah, player of that uh, World Cup yeah. winning side. It was unbelievable. It's, well, to be fair, um, Ricky was the main, the main man in the deal. Right, Ricardo was the main man in the deal because he was the big, biggest thing since sliced bread in Argentina at that moment in time, and Aussie was the makeup. Really, I didn't know because, yeah. like you said, in the World Cup, he was a very visible, brilliant yeah, well, player, wasn't he, Aussie? Ricky, Aussie, Aussie Ricky says, didn't play too. Much. I've got a mate yeah. who were good mates. Can he come as well? And yeah. It's a bit like, oh, all right then. But I don't want to spoil. He's my one of my best muckers, yeah. Aussie. So I don't want to spoil. He's ego, little <laughs> shit. Um, but. Um, no, so, yeah, it was great. And the funny thing was, so, we've had this week's training. I'm picking them up, picking them up, picking them up. And there used to be a fella used to print the programmes, Eddie someone, and he had this, like, Bentley and one thing or another. So I've gone down to pick them up, which is only two minutes down the road from me. Knocked on the door and it's come over and Sylvie and Christine, the wives, have opened the door. And I went, I'm... Where the boys? Oh, Eddie's picked them up. Oh, has he? Oh, great. That'd be good. Yeah, lovely. So I guess gets to Cheson, walks in. I said, I'll see you two in a fucking minute. So I got out and he said, I'll say, see you, beady big bollocks with your fucking Bentley. You can pick them up every morning. You can take them home every night. Every time they want their asses wiped, you can wipe it. <laughs> I said, you flash bastard. So I've gone, I say, see you two. I said, don't ever, ever do that to me again. All you've got to do is pick up the phone and say, John, Eddie's picking us up, or so-and-so's picking it up. It's only politeness. Oh, Johnny, we didn't know. With Aussie, everyone's an F or a C, every other word. <laughs> so we go to a training camp in Holland. So we're, we're walking. We're walking round the pitch. Johnny, possible we have a cigarette? Oh, yeah, of course. I said, I'll ask Keith. I'm sure he'll let you have one. <laughs> so he's going to, bloody cigarette? What's that? He went, well, Minotti always let us have a cigarette. And he's come back and I went, he was a chain smoker. He's going to let you have a yeah. But the funny thing is, even to this day, I mean, Ozzy's, yeah. he's a very, very bright man. Mm. He's comprehension of the English language. He's brilliant. But, Shit, speaking it, a bit like me. Um, Ricardo, I understand him far more than I ever understand mm. Aussie. And whenever they do, we do things, and whether it's a little golf thing where we've been invited to, and he gets up, and I'll take the piss out of him because I'll go, sounds like two syllables, and, <laughs> and I'll do all the antics, line it up. and one or two other adjectives come out. But um, two of my dearest friends, and... Uh, when I played in America um, is when, the, obviously, the Argentinian uh, Great Britain War was on. And, uh, you know, people said, oh, I bet you. I went, no, they're my mates. I said, politicians create wars. The average man in the street has to fight them. They're my mates. Until they do me a wrong they'll always be my mates. Mm. And I'm lucky enough 
40 years on, they're still my mates. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm right to say, I mean, going back to your point there when you, you know, you're on a holiday and well, what could be out the side, you know, that first season, we were so bad defensively. There was obviously the Liverpool 7-0, Villa 4-1 first game at White Hart Lane. I mean, you, you, you worked overtime in that midfield that first season. Well, no, players. funny enough, I didn't because I wasn't in the 7-0. When I was playing, you in the 7-0. I was playing Chelsea in the reserves. Yeah. And I was but, mark- you, but you came in and you were brought back in. I, was, I brought back in. So the funny thing was I'm marking Steve Finlayson, young centre forward at Chelsea. You may have rec- yeah. recognised yeah. the name. Yeah. So every, in the old, old stadium, every 15 minutes, the old score, the scores yeah. from the away game, the first team had come up. Yeah. So it's gone 3-0 down. So me and Nutter Naylor, <laughs> we're, we're pissing ourselves alive. <laughs> and Steve Finlayson's gone, what are you laughing at? I said, we're the first team of 3-0 down. <laughs> he said, why do you want to get beat? I said, put it this way, if they were 3-0 up, I'd be fucking marking you next week, wouldn't I again? <laughs> So the funny thing was, I'm, I mean, I don't know if other people have told this story, and Osvaldo would tell it. Uh, so the next game, Keith gets some. There's Glenn, Ozzy, Ricky, Mickey Hazard, and he said, "Like, uh, I've got to bring John Pratt back," which I thought that's a lovely compliment. Having got done seven, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone's got to be left out, or two people have got to be left out. So he's gone, Glenn, how are you feeling? Glenn's gone, yeah, lovely, Keith. Yeah, brilliant. Mickey Hazard, indecision was final. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he knew he wasn't going to be playing anyway. So he said to Ozzie, hey, hey, how do you feel, Ozzie? I feel wonderful. Yeah. He said, ask Ricky how he feels. And Ricky's gone, Ricky don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky had actually said he felt fine. But <laughs> when, so, uh, go on. so we're in the dressing room before the game and Ricky's substitute. So it's gone round, Keith's gone through doing it. And Ricky's gone, Keith, not possible to be substitute because, uh, you know, all week I've been thinking who I'm, I'm going to play. Da, 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 da. So I went, oh, Okay then. So the following week, Ricky gets put back in the team, and I'm twelfth man. And Berkey would normally tell you the team an hour before the kickoff, so no one knew what the team was, not even Steve P, what the team was going to be. So um, he goes, "Yeah, yeah, the Ricardo, you did, and John Pratt, you be twelfth man." I went, "I don't think so, Keith." What do you mean? I said, "Well, all week I've been thinking about who I'm going to be marking." <laughs> And to be fair, from Wednesday onwards, I did. Uh, yeah. You know, you, had the, you knew the midfield players you were going to be playing against and et cetera. So he went, you can't do that. Hmm. I went, if it's good enough for him, it's flaming well good enough for me. And I walked out because, yeah. fortunately enough, my kit was always by the door. It had been for like 15 years, really, <laughs> by the door. Um, so I'd gone out and he came running out and I went, Keith. I said... Not that he got them. I'm the senior professional here. I said, I think you might know me well enough to have said, phone me up Friday night and said, John, I'm going to put Ricky in and I'm going to make you sub. You know, and that would have been job well done. I would have gone, Keith, no problem. You know, but Were you looking, therefore, at this stage of your career to move on or did the approach from the States no. come in? 
What's the story behind your move to... The story was that um, for the first time in 15 years, yeah, 15 years, Tottenham actually offered me a two-year contract. And I said to Berkey, I'd already been approached by uh, the Portland Timbers, Dom, uh, Dom Mixon, who was manager of Bristol and had always... Sheffield Wednesday and always thought I was a decent player, wanted me to go there. Um, and uh, I said to Berkey, you know... How, how old were you at this stage? How old I was 32. 32, OK. So I said, uh, am I going to be in your starting team? And bless you, Berkey was nothing short of than honest, which he is. Um, and he went, well, you're my perfect substitute. And I went, wasn't quite the answer I wanted to. He said, but I'm going to have to bring you back after three games anyway. Like I always do. I said, well, just imagine three games have gone and play me right from the start. Yeah. <laughs> it's not rocket no science. No way for it to go wrong. Um, and uh, so I needed a free transfer so that I could get what I was going to get out of it. Mm. Like a signing on fee, was it? Yeah, right, yeah okay. there was a signing Make on it fee. Worth your while. Yeah, yeah, to go. Um, and how old was your family at this stage? My boy was five and my daughter was two. So it's a good time to go, education-wise. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I was an only child. And, you know, my parents from the East End, so they thought the sun shone out of my backside. But um, I I didn't sort of go and talk to my dad and my mum. I just went, well, we're going to have some of that. Mm. You know, but I needed a free transfer. But I needed to have a free transfer. Yeah. And because the likes of Newcastle, Sunderland, Coventry and uh, Wolves uh, wanted to sign me, the club thought they could get 250 grand for me. Right. And I said, well... And you, and you weren't interested in any of those moves? No. Well, well if, you know, if you're playing for Tottenham Hotspur, it's, it's, why, it's why a move, do you... It's a move down. Why yeah. do you want to go and play with them? Right. What's a, well, Pratt by name, Pratt by nature, I would have earned a lot more money, but... There you go, money is and everything. What a silly sod. Um, so um, I needed the free transfer and Keith went, well, the directors don't want to give you one. So I said, well, you never so I said, well, you tell the directors I've looked after Ozzy and Ricky. <laughs> they went, well, perhaps we can give him a free transfer. I thought, oh, there's a shock. You know what I mean? For no other reason than I'd looked after him for that period of time which all the other things would go unnamed. (laughs) But that was it. Um, Did I want to go? No. Uh, But uh, the Martin Peters situation, the Alan Mallory situation, you know, all these situations had come up. And for once in my life, I thought I'd earned the right to be put in and foul than rather someone else foul and me be put in for them. Uh, so I went to America and I had three great years there. Obviously done me bollocks because of the recession, uh, lost everything. Um, but if there's a period of time, and the boys, even to this day, were fantastic. When they played Wolves at Arsenal, the ball that they played with, Steve Perriman got, all the boys signed it and they sent it to America. And I had a record, uh, the Aussies going to Wembley, it yeah. still fucking drives me mad, the bastard. Um, so there was about five or six Manchester Manchester City players. Willie Donachie, Keith McRae, the goalkeeper, etc., etc. So they, they wanted to have a bet on the final. 
So I've gone, yeah, go on in, go on, yeah, dum, bum, 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 yeah, go on, go on, go on. So I'm thinking, all of a sudden I've looked at the man and I'm thinking, shit, my missus will kill me. Like, yeah, I mean, I've done bet. So it's come a bit of a cultural shock looking at the figures. And it, it wasn't over excessive, but so when we draw on the game and all the, t- you know, everyone said, even the boys that played said, we were lucky to get away with that first game. Yeah. And uh, so we see. Boys come in and I said, look, you stupid Northern, any Northerners here? Sorry, if you, oh, there's one over there. So I said, you stupid Northern. I said, it's double ticket money, isn't it? You get your tickets, you knock them out, it's happy days. I said, Dad, you screw your loaf. And of course, we had the good fortune to win the game. And so I've got the Aussies going to Wembley. I've not gone in the next day and said, right, come on, boys, cough up. I phoned every one of them up that I'd had the bet with. Ozzy's going to Wembley, his knees are going on Trembley. Come on, you Spurs. And fortunately enough, I'd done it twice. When they played Queen's Park Rangers, I did exactly the same thing. They never learnt. Thick Northerners, isn't they? What was, it, what was it like, the experience? Three years in... in uh, I know we'd had earlier, early, more than the 70s, the whole Pele, New York cosmos and all that. But what was the experience like of being in America for three years? I mean... You, you, you came up against the great players that had played in the English League. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I had similar scenario to the one I had at Tottenham. Um, you know, I'd Mark Lee, I'm in the Mark Cryft two or three times. Uh, he's in my pocket somewhere if you want him to have a chat. What a miserable bastard he was. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, obviously, one of the greatest players has ever played the game. But the old Adam Apple was going up and he was moaning at this and moaning at that. And what, I, moaning, what, who's he moaning to the ref about you? No, he's <laughs> moaning at his players, the oh. coach, the referee, there's no one. Then. Just a moaning. So we had this Canadian, we had two brothers, the Gant brothers, and we had a midfield player and a right back. And I said to the right back, I said, Bruce, I said, you come and mark him. I said, he's doing my brain in. I said, he's moaning <laughs> about this, he's moaning about that. I said I can't have it anymore. Well, this goes on and, we had, and we had, <laughs> we had Robbie, we had Robbie Rensenbrink, yeah, the, wow. the, the Dutch left wing. It, it yeah. was another. He was a lookalike, and because it was a grass pitch, he loved the grass. Robbie loved the grass, and we'd murdered washing. What, washing like most Dutch people in Amsterdam, or the well, other type of grass. The other, he might have done that as well. Yeah, he might have done that as well. To be fair to him, but an extremely good player, and of course he had had one, and. Um, Vim Jensen, who I'd yeah, played against right. for Fiernord, he was playing the Russian Diplomax, yeah. and uh, yeah, no, we had a, we had a we had Clive Best and Clive Charles from um, uh, from West Ham, and Clive Best. We had these hills, Sylvan Sylvan Heights, where we used to go running and one thing and another during the pre-season. Vic Crow became the manager. He was a good lad, Vic. I learned a lot from him, and he'd say, um, "Bestie, would be running me go." Come on, bestie, you're never going to win anything like that. He said, Vic, my dog can run, but he can't trap a football. (laughs) (laughs) And he was brilliant. They were brilliant. What what was, I mean, mean, so were you in the same team as as George Best at this stage? No, no. But were you living in the same area? No, no, he was in San Francisco. Yeah, he was in San Francisco uh, and San Jose, uh, which is like two and a half, three hours flying time from where we are, uh, up in Portland. Uh, but no, uh, so many fantastic players we played against. Uh, and uh, Nearskins, 
mm-hmm. he said, like when we played uh, the Cosmos, you know, and we had such a great team. I've been very fortunate in all the teams I've played in that the camaraderie between the boys has been fantastic. And I say, even to this day with all us boys, you know, from the Cliff Jones, 84, you know, up to Darren Anderton, they're all involved with, still involved with Tottenham. Everyone cares about each other. And all this thing about the money, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, some people have got more money than others. But when it comes down to... And I, I use the term love. Mm. You know what I mean? I'd go to war through any of my boys mm. any day of the week. You can see that, can't you? As fans, we see that. We see all the pictures of the, you together and everyone. And oh, Paul, Paul Coit always in the middle. Coit, you know? yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's one of us now. He's like so. an honorary lad, yeah, isn't he? Is, he? And yeah, everyone yeah, with no. their blazers on and all that. And uh, it's great to see. Well, well, I mean, we're running out of time now and I wanted to talk to you about your time coaching at Tottenham and all that, but all the stuff you've done at Tottenham and, 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 and the coaching and, and you working with Peter Shreves and all that, now still working at the club, you know, at uh, home games, you know, one of the, 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 the players that does the lounges and all that. All these years on, what, what's, you know, we haven't touched on the home team and where we are currently football-wise, but what does the club and, and Tottenham still mean to you to this day? Well, gave me the biggest break, you know. When you've had the good fortune to play for a team like Tottenham, uh, people say, oh, like, what's, the, what's, your, what's your best bit? 19, you know, signing pro, me league debut, first cup final. It goes on and it goes on. And, uh, and having had the privilege, really, to play with so many... Great players from sort of Dave Mackay and Jimmy Greaves to Chivers, Gilzine, Peters, Mullery, you know, Hoddle, you know, etc. etc. Stevie P. Um, no, it's, uh, I've been very, very fortunate, and uh, and as once again, we are still all mates, yeah, and it's lovely. We phone each other up, hello, mate, we ain't heard from you, how you doing? Da, 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 mm. da. And there's one or two of the boys have had a little bit of adversity in recent years, so uh, health-wise. So, um, you, if I showed you our sort of WhatsApp, mm. you know, all this business about players get paid too much money and all that, you know, it's all about caring about people. Mm. You know, and uh, that's been something in my life at Tottenham, and well, from 1964 to now. Um, I'm a shareholder. Uh, they were worth fuck all at one time, but uh, they're <laughs> they're doing quite nicely at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, and I've had experience. The only job I haven't done at Tottenham is the manager's job. I was assistant manager with Peter. Um, we signed um, the two Allen boys, Clive and Paul. We signed Chris Waddle. That was the longest two days of my life. You know, because of, like, rail things and all that, Shreves, he said to me, pray, he said, St- keep the car running, stay awake, because we don't want any mishaps. Because years previous, when Terry Neal was, we are going to sign Charlie George. Right, really? From Derby. Wow. And, yeah, and um, Terry Neal had all signed up. Dave Mackay phoned Charlie George up and said, I'll see you at Watford Gap, be there in ten minutes. <laughs> Which he wasn't... No, sorry, that's when he went to Derby. He was right, from yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we could have had Charlie George play for us. What a good player he was. Mm. So, no, it's... Hey, I've been been very fortunate. I've put a lot of hard work into it. 
running up and down the steps in my, f- you know, the block of flats that I lived in, the Crown of Manor Boys Club, which I have a debt of gratitude to, is uh, because I come from Oxton where you was, you know, you're either a thief or you've done something else. Not that I would have been because I was an only child and my dad was as straight as a die uh, and a real hard bastard. Um, so, yeah, it's great. And we've got the young boy now, the... Uh, Tang, I can't even say his name. What's his name? Tangenga. That's easy for you to say, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was a new signing. They went, no, he comes yeah. from Acne. He comes yeah. from where you... Yeah. I went, oh, shit. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. And it was real. I was just reading a bit on today. His dad made him go and work with the Grand Staff boys. Right. Great. When he was in the under-18s. That's great, isn't it? Fantastic, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd done a yeah. paper round. I was earning more money as a paper round. Yeah. In the city, I was getting £10 a week in my pocket... For a paper around the city, I signed for twelve pound a week, and I had to pay tax. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there we are. Times are changing, all for the better. You know, people say, "Oh, they get this obscene." It's only obscene if you're not getting it. Mm. And without Sky Television, there wouldn't be it, or whatever television yeah. there will be in the future, because yeah. there'll be Amazon are coming, or yeah, yeah. Netflix are coming, or some other big company are coming. Uh, and the only the only disappointing thing I have uh, in that sphere is that people think that the only thing there is is premiership. They go, well, you only played in the first division, didn't you? Well, actually, it was the Premier League at that mm. moment in time. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to someone earlier about the great Leeds team, you know, and I'll tell you what, being professional, that team would have shown all these teams, whether it be Real Madrid, whether it be Barcelona, Juventus, they are the most professional team, the Billy Bremner era. Mm. Like, they had everything down to a tee, where you'd be pressurising them and Les Cocker would tell uh, Clarkie to go down. So you'll go down, the referee will stop the game, momentum froze, you know, and then they have the uptake again. You know. mm. I thought you was going to say about the Leeds thing was when Alfie Concert. Yeah, oh, no, uh, yeah. skeleton over that. That that, that yeah. we started talking about that, that extraordinary game. Yeah, and we've had uh, that four two. We've had Stevie P and Terry Naylor both tell the story whereby Alfie sat at the ball and Bremner's come over and went, "Tenant to sort that out, or we're going to start playing." And then Laura, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not being funny. I wanted to kick him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But to this day, the ex players, whenever we mention this, even though it's. How many years on that? 74? Yeah. You can still see all the old players still like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That he did that. Yeah. See, the unfortunate <laughs> part, I mean, to be fair, box to box, Alfie Con was fantastic yeah. to watch. Yeah. Productivity, 34 games in five years. Hmm. And then he had the audacity to go to Celtic and win the league championship and we got relegated and he said mm. the Cockneys... Run the club. Oh, is that what he said? Oh, no, he I saw him. I saw him at the sports writers do, yeah. and it was. I don't know what I was doing up there because I'm allergic to wood. I was at the bar, getting a drink, and Elfie's come out. Hello, John. Hello, John. I said, look, the geezer's just getting my money. You got from between him coming back and giving it to me before I smash your head in. <laughs> and he looks at me, and I went. So he pissed off. So the following year, and I swear to God, I mark his life, the same thing happened. And I went, nothing's changed, Alf. 
and he pissed off. So we had a reunion, and Stevie P's got a friend who's got a lovely Italian restaurant in uh, Winchmore Hill. So all the players were in. So I've walked past this game. Stevie's gone, do you see Alfie? <laughs> Where? <laughs> so with us, you know, so all of a sudden, like, he's got his swoop. He's got a Ralphie coat, swoop and scoop. He's got the old grape saggy chin. And I went, fuck me, there really is a God. <laughs> <laughs> And on that, that, what a great way to finish that. That's, well, that's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been, well, an hour and a half. It's been incredible. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, show your appreciations, Mr. John Pratt. Thank you. I hope it's all right. Not too much wearing. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.